Hey everybody, what a powerful time this morning in our September 1st reading of Psalm 1 and 2, Proverbs 1 and Matthew 1. I don't quite know what I want to do that's going to be most effective and the biggest blessing to you as we walk this journey, but I'm going to give this a shot today where I just do a voice memo of the gleanings that the Lord put in my heart. This is in no way, shape, or form meant to substitute for what God speaks to you as you journal and read, but maybe it'll be helpful to add color, provide some context, or stir your own thinking as you learn to become a student of God's Word with me. And with uh, the Holy Spirit's help, He's going to make us students who are eager and diligent to discover more of God's heart and live out God's purposes as he enables us by his grace and through his spirit. So Psalm 1, we see in verse 1 and 2 that the blessing is on the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. Now, no one just wakes up and decides to blow up their life with sin. We see the slow, incremental sequence for the wicked. They first walk with the wicked. Then they find themselves standing in the way of sinners and then ultimately sitting in the company of mockers. It is an incremental journey to destruction when we try to do life in our own way, according to our own will and wisdom. But the psalm also gives us a sequence of life for the righteous, verse 2 and 3. But the one who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night, they're like a person who is a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Here we see another sequence in the opposite direction. They delight in the law. They meditate on it day and night. They're like a tree that's planted by water that has fruit in season. Their leaf never withers and they always prosper. Pick your path. Isn't that remarkable? You can have it either way. The blessing of God, according to his word, will, wisdom, and way, or your own path. The Lord, verse 6, watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The Lord watches over the person who walks through door number two. This psalm is literally the offer of God to all of humanity for all of time. Do life your way and you'll be like chaff that the wind blows away. Life's hardships, suffering, sorrow, adversity. Or do life with me according to my word and wisdom. You'll become an unshakable tree that never ceases to bear fruit. That's Psalm 1. Now, as we continue to read in Psalm chapter 2, 
try your best oftentimes when you read the Bible. The chapters and verses were not a part of the original scriptures. That was just added thousand, a thousand years later plus so that it would be easy for congregations and people when they're reading the text, they have chapters and verses to quickly find references in various parts of God's story. But picture Psalm 1 and 2 as a continued conversation. Psalm 2 continues. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let's break their chains and throw off their shackles. Now the nations represent all of humanity. And all of humanity doesn't exactly enjoy the scenario that Psalm 1 paints for us, that there's only two options. We know by watching the news and by just being human, people want what they want, power, platforms, positions of prominence, their possessions. And people will go to any lengths to get what they want, no matter which path they take to get there or the amount of people it might impact along the way. So Psalm 2 shows us this collective throwing off of God's word, this rejection of God's wisdom and the ignoring of God's will. It's as if all of humanity says, we'll call the shots down here on the earth. You stay in heaven and don't bother us. There's not just a rejection of God, but a rebellion against God. But more, there is a rage against the Lord in the heart of sinful man. Now, does this cause God to get pushed back on, on his heels and to cower down and to be uncertain to know how to move forward in light of human sin and rebellion? It couldn't be further from the truth. Look what it says in Psalm 2, verse 4. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Heaven's response to earth's rejection of the Lord is laughter. Why? Well, there's this passage in the book of Job. I know it's not a part of our Bible reading, but it's insanely helpful. Now, if you know the book of Job, it's this incredible story of a man who suffered incalculable loss, heartache, suffering, pain, mockery, slander from his friends because of the devil's affliction in his life. This whole book is a gut-wrenching, honest, raw conversation between Job and these three friends and the Lord. Who is to blame? Why did it happen? Should Job just curse God and die? It's incredible that in all of this conversation, most of the book is at a horizontal level among friends, humans trying to speak for God and figure out his ways. 
But then near the end of the book, the Lord speaks from the storm. And instead of the Lord being the one on trial, which is the whole book of Job, the Lord puts Job and Job represents all of humanity on trial. Listen to this passage in Job 38. It's breathtaking. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness. When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place. When I said, this far you may come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? That it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it. The earth takes shape like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light, and their upraised arm is broken. Have you ever journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me, if you know all of this, what is the way to the abode of light? And where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the path to their dwellings? Surely you know, for you were already born and you have lived so many years. I mean, this is an incredible conversation that the Lord has with Job and with all of us who think we are so wise, so powerful. The Lord laughs in heaven in the midst of human rebellion and rejection because he knows the answer that he asked Job. Were you there before there was, when there was nothing? The Lord laughs at human rebellion because he knows how futile all of our attempts are to build our own kingdoms and our own worlds apart from his wisdom. You may try to reject me all that you want, but I am God. You are not. As much as you try and strive to make yourselves out to be. I have a king, Psalm 2.6, who rules over all the rulers on the earth that I have handpicked. 
Who is this king? Verse 7 and 8, Psalm 2. You are my son. Today I become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. My son is my king. Now, if you read Matthew chapter 1, you see that Jesus, the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, has come to the earth to save the world from its sin. That's what his name means. The Lord saves. And we see the sin of humanity in bold and vivid clarity here in Psalm 2. The sin of rejecting and rebelling against God and the rage that the human sinful heart has against his leadership in our lives. Now the part most of us skip over in the gospels and for good reason, if we're honest, are the genealogies. Maybe you had a hard time reading through Matthew one. There's a bunch of names that we can hardly pronounce, but here's what you can't miss about the genealogies. Behind those names are the stories of the people of God through the long and difficult history as people have tried to make sense of choosing path number two, living according to God's will, word, and wisdom. And what we see through all of these names is even when God's people failed to walk in step with his word, to obey his ways. God was faithful to lead and to love in the midst of human rebellion and sin until he brought about his Messiah. Oh, I love the genealogies for this exact reason, that God was faithful even when we were not. From Abraham to David, to the exile, to Jesus. Sin takes us further away than we intend to go. It keeps us locked there longer than we wanted to stay. But God's love and faithfulness, God's son can reach us even there. The Lord has a plan in and through all of it to fulfill his promises and his purpose for his people, Israel, all along. The son that he installs on his throne, Psalm 2 tells us, will rule with wisdom over the rulers of the earth. Even in our rebellion and sin, he offers us, verse 11, an opportunity to serve him with fear and to celebrate his rule with trembling. Even in our rebellion, he offers us an opportunity to repent and come under his life-giving leadership. Psalm 2, verse 12 says, Kiss his son, or he will be angry, and your way will lead to destruction. For his wrath can flare up in a moment, and blessed are all who take refuge in him. We can become friends instead of foes. We can be blessed under his covering and leadership by taking refuge in him instead of running in rebellion away from him. What a way to start the Psalms. 
And there's one little passage in Proverbs 1. I love all of it. But one part in particular stuck out with me as I lay in the plane. Psalm Proverbs 1, verse 20. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. Now, as we begin Proverbs, it's important to see this. When wisdom is personified as a person, we know when we read the story of Jesus who wisdom incarnate is. It's Jesus Christ. Throughout Proverbs, wisdom is pictured as a person with a voice calling out, listen to me, look to me, learn from me. And we know that John 1.14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And that word is Jesus Christ, the son of God, who came full of grace and truth. This is why Paul the apostle says in Colossians 2 verse 3, that the mystery of God is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So in the book of Proverbs, and you see wisdom calling out, picture the face and the voice of Jesus. He's calling out to us at the city gates, in the public square. Are there any out there who will respond to my voice? You can learn my ways. You can follow my teachings. Don't go your own way. Don't choose the path of the wicked. Don't follow the, the rulers of the age and the people of, of your generation that reject and rebel me against me. Listen to my voice and I'll teach you my ways and then you'll experience life. Even in the midst of all of human rebellion, God cries out, there's another way. And we know in Proverbs 1.7, that way the door to that way is the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of knowledge. He's calling out to us, put your trust in me, submit to my life-giving leadership, and you'll find the life you could never get at apart from me giving it to you. Proverbs 1:32: for the waywardness of the simple will kill them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Here we are, back at the beginning of Psalm 1. Choose today whom you will serve and which path you want to take. And here's what's breathtaking. When we submit to God, we can ask for wisdom that we lack. James 1, 5, and he will give it to us generously without finding fault. What a promise. We can walk in the way of the righteous because Jesus 
God's Son on God's throne, came to give us life. He came to us when we had already chosen the path of wickedness. He came to us in our sin. He called out on the city gates, come to me, repent, and experience life. Last thought, I promise. Matthew 1, 21, she will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. One of my spiritual fathers, Hal Perkins, always said it this way, Jesus wants to save our life, not just once, but all the time, if we'll let him. If we continue to submit our hearts, offer up our thoughts, and humbly look to Jesus in the everyday stuff of life, he'll keep on saving us from careless choices, destructive habits, and faulty thinking if we'll just keep our eyes on him. Of course, how doesn't mean we have to keep being saved from our sins and eternal separation. No, when we repent, he saves us from our sin. But what he's talking about is the daily saving of us walking according to our own ways. If we'll just look to him, he'll walk with us and he'll save us from a thousand bad choices, destructive habits, and faulty thinking if we'll just stay in step with his life-giving leadership. Verse 23, the, the virgin will conserve and give, conceive and give birth to a son. And here's the great hope as we land the plane. And they'll call him Emmanuel. Who's going to be with us on this path of wisdom, this path of the righteous? Jesus will be with us. Father, I pray as we all get started on this Bible reading plan that we really, this is the doorway into this whole 90-day opportunity to choose by your grace and through your enabling presence to become a people who walk in the way of the righteous, who choose to fear the Lord living as he is God and we are not so that we can enter into the life that Jesus Christ alone came to give us. I pray for my friends today that you would pour out your spirit and your love as we seek to follow you. Thank you for being Jesus, the one who saves us from our sin once and every day because you are also Emmanuel, God with us. You want to walk with us every day, all day, throughout the day. Lord, pour out your spirit on our people. We love you with all of our hearts. Thank you for being the most incredible, kind, gracious, loving, and powerful king who reigns and rules overall. We yield our lives to you. Thank you for your love today. In Jesus' name, amen.